Make sure they enjoy that part. Is that all right with you? Is that okay if we return this a hundredfold back to you? Try it in the fire. Tell them, try it in the fire. But you're coming out. Say you're coming out. Don't you dare stand there. Now this is a this is a church with many generations represented in it. There's there's some seasoned veterans and there's some young folks. And maybe some of you weren't raised in church all your life, so maybe you might relate to what we're saying here a little bit better if you remember the words of that prophetic song by Diana Ross. What's she saying, Mark? I'm coming out. I'm coming. I'm coming out. Come on, come on. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. It's a new season coming for me. Yeah. Is Price, is Price here? Price, what, what did the Lord share with you about the numbers? Can you share that? Um, I'm not one of those numbers fanatics, but just recently um, the Lord has shown me you know, things about numbers. And uh, today when they were talking about uh, the river was established June 22nd of 97, I added those numbers up and reduced them down, and they came to the number eight, which is the number of new beginnings. And yesterday, Pastor Dave graduated, and that date also reduces down to the number eight, new beginning, setting of a new order of things. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the Lord. It's beautiful. Okay, we're going to start our lesson. If you don't have a copy of today's lesson, raise your hand. Because we want to get you a copy. So we need one. Just one copy made? Two? Two copies. 
excuse me. Yep, that's okay. How, how many do we have still available? Three. So right, keep raise your hand if you need a copy of today's lesson, and Nate can get you a copy right here. All right. Should we do an activation first? Who's got a birthday? Whose birthday is in November? Diane? Oh, three birthdays. Fabulous. Okay. So we got three birthdays. Four birthdays. Four birthdays. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wait, five birthdays. Oh, happy birthday to you. Okay, so we've got five birthdays. Huh? Five birthdays. Oh, raise your hand again. Who's got a birthday? Okay. So I'm going to need some help then. So I'm going to need for Virginia to come on up. I'm going to need for Mabel to come on up. Oh, yes. And I'm going to need, um, did you say you have a birthday, Sue? No. I need Sue. Yes. And um, let's see. I need Price. Come on up, Price. How many do I got? One, two, three, four. Oh, I need one more person. Who wants to volunteer? Anyone want to volunteer to come help me? Where's, where's, where's Pastor Lorraine? Oh, you want to come volunteer? Vicki, come on. <laughs> give, these, give them a hand. They're going to help me out this morning. Okay, it's afternoon. So we're going to have them turn around and take a look at Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. So we know how this goes. So they're going to look at Jesus. And so I need for the birthday people to please raise your hand again. Okay. And when I grab you, be very quiet. And I'm going to place you behind one of these up here, okay? Who else? I got two more. Who else? Who else had a birthday? Nobody else has a birthday in November? Anniversary. Granddaughter? Daughter. Child has a birthday in November. You do? Go on. Okay, so we know how this is done, right? Okay, so would you pray with me? Stretch your hands toward, toward them. They're going to prophesy to the person standing behind them. 
and they don't know who that person is. But they're going to prophesy to them, and then when you're done prophesying, stay where you are, and I'll tell you when you can turn around. Father, we thank you for the anointing, Lord. We thank you, God, for the impartation, Lord, of the gift of prophecy right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, for giving them an ear to hear what your spirit is saying, Father. Father, I thank you, God, for the spirit of Jesus rising up within them, Father, to prophesy, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And I'm sure somebody's already ready. Yep. Um, I saw a, a picture of you taking very methodical steps, and then your steps started increasing, and um, the Lord is saying that I am strengthening your steps and lengthening your stride. also saw you moving faster and faster. And uh, the last thing I saw was you were running so fast that uh, you could, your legs were a blur. Your legs were going so fast that you really couldn't see the individual legs. I see that as a manifestation of God's acceleration in your life, manifestation, spiritual maturity, growth, acceleration, and uh, also restoration, Joel 2.25 says, I will restore the years the enemy has stolen. Matthew 7.7 7 says to ask, seek, and knock. Uh, you keep on asking, seeking, and knocking, and God is going to help you find it, uh, grab it, and, and keep, keep going with it. And uh, also, I believe the Lord is saying that he's going to give you a ziklag victory that you will be, God will give you the anointing to, to run and chase the devil down and get everything back that he's stolen from you. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Right, don't, don't turn around. David, don't turn around. Are you ready? Okay. Enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. Draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. You will be tempted to make decisions on your own, but I say, don't go there. You must come to me. I've got the answers, and I'll tell them to you. You just have to bend your ear towards me, and I will whisper in it. Beautiful. Are you ready? I got this scripture. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is upon you. I heard the song, um, but it's it's the rejoice in the Lord and the joy that belongs to you is being restored once and for all. And you are one in him and he is your rejoicing. So I hear, hear, hear the word distraction and I see rapid eye movement. And God wants to, uh, you to f bring your focus in uh, on him. And uh, he, he's going to do uh, some great things for you and through you. Uh, he wants to increase your faith and develop you in it so that he can use you at a, at a higher level. All right, turn around, take a look who's behind you. 
Uh, give him a hand. <laughs> Isn't that fun? We'll do it again. We'll do it again at the end of class. Yeah. It's a, it, this is one of the very first ways that I learned how to prophesy. And so when I first saw this being done, I thought, I am in some new age stuff. I am exiting the building stage right. <laughs> you know, I thought, I am not doing this, you know. But then I stayed and I observed and I thought, wow, Lord, look at that. You know, and, and one of my teachers had come up and she said, you know, that we need to be able to hear the Lord as if we were in the middle of the subway in New York City and a pin dropped. We should be able to be hear the Lord with all of that kind of distraction, noise, and volume. God wants to get us to a place as a prophetic people to be able to hear that clearly. Amen. And um, it does something to you when you can't see the person that you're speaking to. So it doesn't it. So you're there and you're concentrating and you, you know that this needs to be God because you don't know who's behind you. You don't know if it's a male or female, a pastor or a teacher or a visitor. You don't know who it is. But you know that as you're seeking the Lord in that moment, you need to hear from God. And every single time it's been absolutely beautiful, hasn't it? So give them another hand. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're going to, we are picking up, I think, in your book, it's on page 95 in your book. Um, huh? I think everybody got a lesson. Did everybody get a lesson? Yes. Yes, we got a lesson. We passed out. Yeah, everybody's got one. Okay. So um, if, if you're new to the class, say, I see there's a couple of people in here that are new, have never been here before. So this is the book. It's called Prophets and uh, the Prophetic Movement. So it's God's Prophetic Move Today. It's by Dr. Bill Hammond. He comes out of Clearwater, Florida. He's a major prophet. Um, and so we have been teaching out of his material. And so this book is a study guide. Um, and the books that the current students have are the study guide to the notes. So he's an awesome man. He's proven in the word of God. And he's a proven prophet. Amen. So, Father, I thank you, God, for this word today. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are the great teacher. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that... Um, even right now, you're taking care of the Newell family, Lord. I thank you, Father, for strengthening them today, Lord. Father, um, I thank you, God, that you're rejoicing over them with great joy. Father, we celebrate this day. Father, we know that Pastor Davis probably hasn't come out of the throne room yet. Or I don't know, maybe he's talking to Luther. <laughs> um, I don't know what he's doing, but, or, or maybe he's talking to Whitfield, Lord, or Ezekiel, whoever it is, God. And we, we just thank you and praise you, Father God, for the celebration that's going on in heaven today, Father, in Jesus' name. All right. So prophecy, I'm starting in, in number two on page on, on your page 95. Um, prophecy plays a vital role in a restoration movement. So in God's prophetic process of restoration, prophecy plays a vital role. And this is going to be a fill in for you, I believe. So it plays a vital role in activating the bones, uh, bringing them together in structure and in strength. Now, you remember last month we talked about our bones, and we talked about Ezekiel, and we talked about the prophetic reflection of that. And when the Lord said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? <laughs> you know, and then we got this powerful prophetic picture of these bones beginning to come to life and what that visual might have looked like. Remember, we thought, um, and the head attaches to the collarbone, and the arms are being attached, and all these dry, dead bones are beginning to shake and rattle, and they're coming together. Fingers are being strengthened and coming on, and we talked about the, the blood and the skin that was coming on and how prophetic it is to the dry bones sometimes that we find in our own lives. Amen? So let me give you that fill-in again. 
So uh, in God's prophetic process of restoration, prophecy plays a vital role in activating the bones and bringing them together in structure and in strength. Um, what we see an example in Revelation 10 verse 7 declares that when the prophets begin to echo on earth in prophecy, the trumpets sound of the message of the seventh angel in heaven. All the mysteries of God will finally be revealed and be made known to the church. Um, fullness of truth brings with it the fullness of life, anointing and power to produce and fully possess your promised possessions. And how many know that when you receive a personal prophecy and you live, uh, you live in that word that God has given you, you will possess the land that God has spoken to you in that spoken word. Amen? Because God is faithful to watch over his word to perform it in our life. I'm going to go back and see if I can just um, highlight, highlight something for you all. Look at your neighbor and say, I love Jesus. <laughs> all right. If I can't find it, then I'll skip it. I want to see if I can go back and find what I, what I read last week. Let's see. Okay. So I want to just go back. I don't, I'm not sure what page this is in your book, but let me just read a couple notes here. A divine principle in the prophetic process is that, we, that it nearly always gets worse before it gets better. Look at your neighbor and say, that does happen. Yeah. If you have received a major prophecy concerning great growth in your church or in your ministry, deliverance um, or prosperity for your life, yet everything seems to be doing the opposite by falling apart and getting worse, then rejoice, for you are in stage two of your prophetic word. Do you remember that last month? Okay. So um, after the great shaking, and, he, and he, Dr. Bill Hammond is linking this to the dry and dead bones. He says, after the great shaking, the bones begin to come together. And the spiritual application of that is after the Lord is taking care of everything that he wants shaken down and destroyed. Because how I many, a lot of times in our lives, we have things that need to be shaken down and they need to be destroyed because we still live in this earthly vessel. We still live in this earthly body. Um, destroyed, proper adjustments have been made, um, begins the time when plans and people and provisions begin to come together. And when uh, he, he links when the muscles and the flesh begin to come on those dry bones. Now, this prophetic vision that Ezekiel had had have been so powerful to see this transforming in front of his eyes. Um, I don't think we ever get, we really pay too much attention to that. Um, after the skeleton has come together, the next phase is to bring those things which give strength to a well-rounded ministry. And the spiritual application of, of, the, of the flesh and the muscles coming on um, is a movement that is birthed, has gone through its shaking, and it's come together with people. Then the prophetic process brings structure, brings order, brings wisdom, and anointing for holding it together and directing the movement of the skeleton with power and with wisdom. Divine guidelines and structure relationships from the help of people both inside and out of the movement relate together. Now in an individual's life, God gives divine enablement and wisdom to act upon the prophetic word and to put the muscle and fullness to the proper prophetic promise. So I believe that we're in that place right now where we're beginning to see the prophetic word come to pass in our life. And then Ezekiel saw the skin coming on the body. So the skin begins to come on the body of all, this, all these bones that were dry and dead. 
Um, and this is the covering placed upon the body to protect it from negative elements. And the spiritual application to this is, this stage of the process represents several areas. One, you need to keep your family in church or your senior pastor covering by a national fellowship of ministers. Two, you need to keep the skin covering of the garment of praise positive and stay in a forgiving attitude. And three, as prophetic people, we need to develop thick skin. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to develop some thick skin. <laughs> yeah. How many's ever wanted thick skin? Like I just need to be able I need to be able to say something here and I want to say something here, but I don't got the courage to say something here, right? Well, I need thick skin so I can stand and say what needs to be said, right? So sometimes we need thick skin. Look at your neighbor again and say, I need thick skin. <laughs> okay, so thick skin and a tough hide. Thin skinned people will not make it in this hour. And you know, we heard this morning. Um, from Charlie, he said that we need to be prepared for what's coming upon the earth because we're living in a really a, a tumultuous time in the United States of America and in the world right now. So we need to be a people that aren't thin-skinned. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to be thick-skinned. Okay. Especially prophets and the prophetic people who can be easily offended. Do you know prophets are the most easily offended people? We get how many? How many's ever been offended? How many gets offended at least once a week? <laughs> okay, now I'm reading your homework. Okay, what about every other day? Yes, something happens, you get offended. A car drives in front of you and you have something smart to say because a car drove in front of you. You got offended. The car drove in front of you, you know. Have you ever driven with somebody who gets in the car and they think that, you know, everybody, all the other cars are out to get them? You ever travel one of them? <laughs> yeah, so we've been there, right? So it's easy every day to get offended. As prophets, it's more easy, it seems like. It seems like we get more offended. So we have to get tough skin so that we don't get offended. So if something's said to us negative or um, our feelings are hurt or our emotions are hurt or, you know, I've been offended that you said that to me, you know, um, then we need to let it roll off and become that waterfall with that thick skin and let it roll off and, and release it to the Lord. And this has recently happened to me in the past couple of days where I've had to um, go to the Lord and I've had to say, Lord, I'm going to let this roll off me, you know, because honor says to let it roll. Honor says to let it roll off. They didn't mean what they said. And so it needs to roll off me. And I need to be able to release this to you so that I can continue on in the gospel. So have you ever been there where you, ha where you have to let the Lord come in? and do that work and allow it to be rolled off. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Um, and then one more thing I want to share with you, too, is the army of the Lord. The result of Ezekiel's prophecy is that dry bones came together. Flesh and then the breath of life came in, and at last it became an exceedingly great army activated into spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. So I just want to say that we're getting ready to be activated into spiritual warfare. And we're coming to the close of this uh, powerful teaching that we've had for the past couple of years, and it's been a powerful teaching. Um, we've learned a lot in here in the prophetic movement and how God raises up one, and there's always a man or a woman to that movement. Um, and God has leaders and directors that direct that movement. And we've talked about how we are seeing now the rise of the prophetic ministry more now than we've ever seen. But we're also seeing a counterfeit. We're also seeing those prophets that are being raised up and they're speaking and those things are not coming to pass. And remember, I shared with you that um, if you're in the prophetic ministry and we want you to prophesy, we want you to be led of, led of the Spirit of the Lord, but if you prophesy something to someone and it doesn't come to pass and you said it was going to come to pass, then we need to say we're sorry, we missed it. Look at your neighbor and say, I can say that. 
Because we're all going to miss it because there's no perfect person in the kingdom of God. So we might say something and maybe, maybe we're speaking out of our heart or maybe we really believed it. Um, but it didn't come to pass and it didn't happen. So then we need to own up to that. And we need to eat that piece of humble pie and say, I missed it this time. So that we can continue on in the ministry. Because God is building not only the prophetic ministry, but he's building character to go with the ministry. Look at your name and say character. <laughs> yeah, and we need character today. Amen. So there's a lot of people, I think, that want to speak in this hour. Um, but we need to, we need to allow the, the true prophets and men and women of God to speak. Amen. So I would just caution even myself in that area. Um, B, prophecy brings life into the body, causing it to rise up exceeding, as an exceedingly great army. God created with a spoken word in Genesis 1 and 2. And he is still speaking and he still brings into existence things that did not exist before. You know, we call those things as though they're not, as though they were. Prophecy, I think this is a fill-in for you. Prophecy activates the predestined purposes of God to come forth in his timing. So prophecy activates the predestined purposes of God to come forth in his timing. It is an activating power that brings forth ministry, which has been lying dormant in the ground. How many has ever gotten a prophecy about what you're called to do, and perhaps it was dormant in the ground? And then you get that word, and all of a sudden, those dry bones begin to come to life. And you say, oh, yeah, that's what God said to me. Amen? So it's been lying dormant in the ground. True prophecy is powerful, and it penetrates to the depth of the heart soil that it enters. So, of course, what type of soil determines what kind of crop will be produced in your life. Those who want to derive the most from personal prophets in the prophetic ministry must allow God to break up their follow ground. And that comes out of Amos 3.7. So, um, and when we talk about follow ground, so there's some things in our life that are challenged, you know. Um, and an, an example for me, and I've given this example to you before, I had gotten a prophetic word that, remember, that Africa was calling my name. And Ivan uh, gave me that prophetic word. And I thought, and I totally lost the, all, the, all the rest of the word that he gave me because I just focused on that because I'm like, I'm not going to Africa, you know. So I, the prophecy stopped there with me, you know. And I, I had some soil inside of me that had to be loosened, right? And I, mean, I had some follow ground that had to be, you know, worked out in my life because I just totally lost the rest of the word. And the rest of the word was powerful. But he lost me on those words right there, you know. And so I had to really, I had to deal with God on that because I was like, Lord, you know, I don't want to go there. I'm not going there, you know. And so I had this conversation with God. And I was, let me go back and listen to the rest of the words. I put the CD in, you know. And I started listening to the rest. Oh, that was good. That was good. Okay. But I still had this thing, you know, that I didn't want to go to Africa. And so as I, as I began to work the word, look at your neighbor and say, we have to work the word. Because sometimes, sometimes, it, sometimes it might be something that's never been spoken to us before. And that had never been spoken to me before. So... I took that word and I just began to, I wrote it out and I began to meditate on that word and I began to say, okay, Lord, if, if that's what you want, then that's what I want. So I had to get my place to where you could say yes. So look at your and say, you need to say yes. <laughs> you need to say yes to the Lord because you don't know what the Lord's going to call you to, you know. And we don't necessarily know what that looks like. So we get a picture sometimes and it's a, it's a completely different picture than what we got. So I began to soften up to the things of the Lord and um, I had gone to a women's meeting in um, Ottawa, up in Canada, 
And the woman there gave me an African outfit, like a beautiful African dress and a beautiful uh, head, headband that went around my head. And I thought, oh, this is so beautiful. And she wanted me to have it. And it was royal blue, my favorite color, you know. And so I brought it home, and I'm, I, I pondered that. I'm like, huh, <laughs> Lord, I, I, okay, I'll go if you want me to go. But let me just start laying hands on it. So I started to pray over that blue dress that was given to me, you know. I said, I'm just going to pray over it, Lord. And Pius had gone over to, Pastor Pius had gone over to Kenya. And um, he brought me home a rock from Kenya. And so this come right from the earth, he told me. And so I took the rock in my hand and I said, okay, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. And so I have this rock in my hand and I'm praying. And then um, all of a sudden I, I had this call from a former pastor and he invited me up to speak at a, at a uh, meeting up in New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey. They're having a conference up there and um, 150 uh, ministers were coming from all over the world were coming there. And um, wanted me to come and do an hour of of prophetic teaching on a Tuesday afternoon when I come. And I had never met this man before, but I trusted my former pastor that it would be okay. And so Dr. George called me and spoke with me. And so I had gone up there, and I had prepared my lesson. And Pastor Dave um, was texting me and telling me, you go, girl. You know, you get them. Go, girl. You know, you prophesy. Speak words of knowledge, you know. And so um, I got up there. And as I stood behind the podium to get ready to teach, now you have to understand, I'm, there's bishops and doctors there, and here's Kimberly. What is Kimberly doing here? You know, here's, here's Kimberly from River of Life Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, nobody. And here I am going to stand up before all of these delegates from all of these countries, you know. But when I got up there, and I stood there, all of a sudden I looked. And I thought, Africa is calling my name. They were from Kenya, Zimbabwe, Zambia, South Africa. They were from Mozambique. They were from all over Africa sitting in front of me. And I realized, oh, my gosh, Lord. And so I just began to weep at that moment. And I began to weep, and I began to teach, and I began to pour into them about the prophetic ministry. I went back eight times after that and just gave into them because why? The prophetic word was spoken that it was calling my name. It wasn't that I was going and putting my feet on that soil. God brought them to me. So sometimes the prophetic word that we get is not the picture that we first see. Sometimes we have to pray into it. And when we pray into it, allow the Lord to cultivate, break up that fallow ground on the inside of you and begin to agree with the prophetic word. When we do, we'll see that prophetic word unfold in our life. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me go back to where I left off. Okay, so we need, our, we need to have sometimes the follow ground broken up on the inside of us. So um, prophets and apostles are a permanent, and that's a fill-in too, I believe, in your book. Prophets and apostles are a permanent and continuing ministry within the church. They will never go away. So look at your neighbor and say, prophets will never go away. Never going away. We've been from the beginning. God spoke to the prophets, and God is still speaking to the prophets today. And he will still keep speaking to the prophets until, the, until he comes for his church. Okay. So prophets and apostles are permanent and continuing ministry within the church. Even though fundamentalists and dispensationally depleted the ministry of the prophet to discredit the claims of Mormonism and other cults, the prophets have always been in the church and will remain in the church. There was a season back in the 60s and 70s where um, prophets were kind of like, I don't know, they were kind of like swept away 
kind of like under the rug, swept away. And a lot of fundamentalists came in and said God did away with the prophets. And so we really had a, a, a thing in the church where it was, it was teachers, evangelists, and pastors, and apostles and prophets were kind of like swept under the rug. But then the 80s came in and the 90s came in, and we saw a great restoration of the Father heart of God come back into the church. And we saw God on the move again in the, in the realm of the apostolic and in the prophetic movement. And the prophetic movement will never go away. There'll be some that will challenge it, but it will never go away because Jesus Christ is and always will be the greatest prophet among us. Amen. Um, the prophetic movement has been timely. This is B on, on your p next page. So the prophetic movement has always been timely and divinely directed. That's your fill-in. Um, because it brings prophetic enlightenment, understanding, and activation. Um, it brings a reestablishment of certain vital truths and ministries in the church. So we need the prophetic movement. Did I go too fast? I'm going to go back. Uh, the prophetic movement has been timely and divinely directed because it's bringing enlightenment, understanding, activation, and the reestablishment of certain vital truths and ministries within the church. So I have to go back. Let's go back a little bit to the early 90s when we had a movement of the Father's heart. And such a truth came out of that on how we needed to allow God father god to come in and love us love the church we had to allow him and we had to allow ourselves to be loved by the father right so that was a truth that was established and it came through the prophetic movement um so so that it's timely and it's divinely directed um those exposed to the movement who receive it will actually be and we, we studied this a few chapters ago um, will actually be in three categories. And we're talking about the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold here. So the 30-fold group are those who only perceive and receive. The 60-fold group are those who will propitiate and portray. And number three, the 100-fold group are those who will also publish and practice the prophetic ministry until they produce a great army of God's prophetic people. Um, those exposed to the movement who reject it will be in one of three categories. So they will either be passive about the prophetic movement, they'll be really perturbed by it. How many of you have been around people who have been perturbed by it? Years ago, it used to be in the churches, um, and maybe some of you are familiar with this, and maybe it goes on in the churches today, I'm sure it probably still does in some areas, where um, you have a congregation of people and only one person does the leadership trust to give a prophetic word? How many has ever been in a, in a church like that? And I'm not putting that down. That's just how they operate. Um, they only trust one person to be able to give that prophetic flow. Um, so what I'm saying to you is that we are all prophetic. The, the gift of prophecy is for every single one of us. Um, so God doesn't want just one raised up, but he wants a multitude of people to be raised up to speak what he's saying. Amen. So we hear God when he speaks. So you'll have some who get a little bit perturbed by that. Um, and then you have those who uh, purposely persecute it. So you have those in the church as well. And I have, I have been in places where I have been persecuted because, I'm um, one, I'm a woman, and two, because I prophesy um, and because I speak prophetically. And so um, I've been persecuted for that purposely persecuted for that so you have people in those categories you have people that are passive um, they're very perturbed with the prophetic movement and those who pers uh, purposely persecute that um, but I would say that this group here we're in the hundredfold group 
we're in the group where we publish and we practice the prophetic movement. Um, and we're producing a great army of prophetic believers in the church today. Um, and, and the prophetic ministry here at River of Life Church has been established, well, we're going to go all the way back to when we were in 2004. We were over in on Blue Ridge Road. Um, there used to be a little tiny church on the corner of Blue Ridge and Duralee. Remember that? Were you there then? Yes. Um, and so we had a church over there. It was a really tiny church, but that's where the prophetic movement started at River of Life Church. And it started underneath actually Matthew Newell and uh, Tess Barnes was a lady that uh, was in our church back then. And so um, they began teaching on the prophetic. And then when we came over here, we actually started to unfold what that would look like. And so it unfolded where we had prophetic ministry. And so uh, we every second and fourth Sunday, it's been going on now for a long time, over 20 years, every Sun, every second and uh, fourth Sunday, we have prophetic uh, ministry. So we'll ga gather up prophetic ministers and we'll pray and give, speak into their lives in, into a prophetic word. And when I first saw that in operation, now I'd come from one of those churches where uh, only a few were allowed to prophesy and only a few were trusted. Um, and so then I came into this and I thought, wow, this is different. Wow, the, and like, I mean, I can go get a prophetic word today and two or three prophets are going to prophesy over me? Wow, i gotta, I got to see what this is all about, you know. So it's, it got my curiosity. And so I went and I sat down. At that time, the group that I went to was on the other side of the church. And um, I sat down. There was three prophetic ministers, and I sat down before them. And when I sat down in front of them, they opened up a book on me. They just started to prophesy where I came from. They talk, started talking about the generational lines that I've come from. And they started talking about my family. And they were so spot on that I walked away from that encounter. I thought, wow, this must be you, God. <laughs> you know, wow, because they don't even know me. You know, I'm, I'm like only been in the church a couple of years. I don't even know who I am. And so, um, but there'd be some that would persecute that. But in this house, it's a strong establishment. We believe in raising up prophets. We believe in raising up the prophetic ministry, not for our local church, but when you go out of the doors, when you walk out of here and you find yourself in an elevator with someone or you find yourself in a grocery store line or you find yourself looking at the bedding and there's some lady standing there and you've got a word for her or you find yourself in the produce and you're looking at the tomatoes and she may be looking at the onions and all of a sudden you've got a word for this lady or you might be at the flower shop and the, the flower the floral lady's cashing you out and you got a word for this floral lady or you may be at work and you may be on your lunch break and you may sitting be sitting down minding your own business eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and the Lord says go minister to the man on the bench and so you go across the way and you start to minister and he was ready he was a minister himself ready to throw in the towel and the Lord said put your sandwich down and go over there and speak so the prophetic ministry builds you and encourages you and activates you and it sends you out to give what God says to his people look at your neighbor and say I can do that yeah we can do that amen okay <laughs> if you're a believer you can do that amen okay so the prophetic movement is preparing the way for the apostolic movement there will be no competition between the two ministries. And I like to say, you know, we, we fit in the body of Christ like a glove. You know, we fit there. So um, those who hinder this movement will be severely dealt with by the Lord. And why? Because he earnestly desires to return for his church, um, to see all the wickedness removed from the earth. And true prophets are being activated today to play a vital role in bringing that divine plan into reality. 
Amen. Did I miss something? Okay, that's my New York. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get talking so much. Okay, I get talking fast. Okay, so D, the prophetic movement is preparing the way for the apostolic movement. There will be no competition between these two ministries. I'm mean, going to have to just branch out just for a minute here. Um, Ephesians 4, verse 11. So there should be no competition ever between ministries. Um, there should be no schisms or divisions between ministries. Um, there should be no schisms or divisions um, amongst churches. Um, I, I was just completed a class, and uh, my professor said, gave us the question, why one Bible in so many denominations? <laughs> and so I thought, huh, this is a good question. You know, it's all a question that, you know, because we have so many churches, you know. And I thought, yeah, one Bible, so many, how, how many denominations are there? So I went on to Google, and I looked it up, 46,000 denominations globally. I mean, like, that's a lot of denominations, right? And so as, I, as we began to study in class, um, I began to realize it all boils down to interpretation of what we're reading in the Bible, because it's one Bible, the same Bible, but thousands of different interpretations and denominations, because, but we all believe in the core Thing. We all believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again for our sins. We all believe that one day he's going to come and rapture the church. We all believe that one day we're going to walk the streets of gold with him. We believe that he died a horrible death, and we believe that he rose again, and we believe that by his stripes we've been healed. So we believe those fundamental beliefs, but yet the interpretation sometimes takes us in many different avenues. And sometimes those interpretations cause schisms, and they cause discord among the brethren. But the Bible says that the prophets, the teachers, evangelists, and teachers, they're going to come and build us up and edify us till when? Till we come into the unity of the body of the Lord. Do you want to say something, Bryce? Yeah. The reason why there's so many schisms is beliefs are so strong. They usually die about an hour after you do. Um, and in, in this particular class, and I had told you this before, maybe last month, that we, um, my favorite person that I studied about was, was Luther. And um, I'll never forget when I read that he nailed his 95 thesis to the Wittenberg Church wall in 1517, October 31st. And he didn't do that um, because he wanted to leave his religion. He was a monk, a Catholic priest. He didn't want to leave that. He just had some arguments he read the Bible, and he realized that you didn't have to have indulgences to get your sins forgiven. You didn't have, there was no such thing as a purgatory. So he had some things about the Roman Catholic Church that he disagreed with. And so he just wanted uh, to debate them. He just wanted to go up and debate them and just get some answers as to why they believed that way. They had one Bible. But no, one Bible, back in those days, it was written in Latin. And so nobody could read that, but Luther could read it. And so he had a problem with that. And then he was reading in Romans that faith and faith and God alone is what Luther said. I don't need to go in front of a priest or anybody else to confess my sins. It's faith in God. And so if it wasn't for Luther, uh, we wouldn't have the churches that we have today. So he broke away Lutheranism and Protestantism. The, the Great Reformation began to happen and transpire. And powerful men and women of God were raised up during that time. He was a prophet of the Lord. And he was willing to bank on it. He was willing to state his life upon it and stand upon. There's faith and faith in God alone. If I stand alone, I'm going to stand alone. So I think that as we go on from here, 
you know, and get tough skin, that there may be times that we have to stand alone. But at the end of the day, God wants for his body to come together in unity. He wants his church to come together in unity because he doesn't see Methodist. He doesn't see Baptist. He doesn't see AME. He doesn't see Catholicism. He doesn't see Protestant. He doesn't see Baptist. He sees the blood of his son that was shed on the cross for every single one of us. That's what he sees. And if we can see like that, there will be no limits to what we can do in him. So if we stop seeing culture, if we stop seeing Baptists and Methodists and Protestants, oh, you go to the Korean church down there, you go to the Spanish church over there, if we would stop seeing that way and we would begin to see the blood of his son that bled red for all of us, if we begin to see that way, a powerful unity in the church would transpire and we'd see revival break out like we've never seen revival break out before. Amen? So we need to learn to see that way. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to see that way. Yes. <laughs> He is the greatest prophet of all time. All right. So those who hinder this movement will be severely dealt with by the Lord um, because he earnestly desires to return for his church to see all the wickedness removed from the earth. True prophets are being activated today, and they'll play a, a vital role in the plan that God has here on the earth. Christ will not permit the petty part, uh, the petty part, the pity party spirit that prevailed among past movement leaders. Your church is growing bigger than mine. I need to have a cathedral, and I need to have this, and I need to have that. And they, are, they begin to argue amongst each other. This one has ten planes. That one has three. That one over there has a big, a big cathedral. This one over here has a small church. Petty arguments came in in the 70s and 80s, and so we need to turn from those kind of things. We must be on guard um, because the devil, because he will try to magnify the differences in prophetic movement leaders. Um, he'll try to come in and, and rob our perception of prophets in the prophetic ministry. We must work together, and your fill in there is unity. We must work together in unity. We cannot allow different convictions or experiences or manifestations to keep us from accepting one another. Um, and I, I, I think about a friend that I had years ago, and I, I come from a little town in upstate New York. And um, she was a Catholic, and her husband attended a Catholic church. Um, and she was very spirit-filled. She was involved in the women's aglow, and her name was Gretchen. And um, she was a precious, precious lady of God. And so on a Wednesday night service, you would see Gretchen. If there was a Bible study, you would see Gretchen. You know, if there was a Women's Globe meeting, you would see Gretchen. But every Sunday morning, she went to church with her husband in the Roman Catholic Church. And she says, I know it's the Roman Catholic Church. She says, but I'm a Christian, and I love the Lord. And so she would serve with her husband, and then she would come because she said, it's more important to me to have unity than it is for me to have division. And so that, that, that's a powerful statement. Look at your name and say, it's more important to me to have unity than have division. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got to love everybody. Look at your name and say, we got to love everybody. We got to. We have to love everybody. You know, we have to. Okay. <laughs> and I, I love that woman. Okay. So you cannot allow different convictions and experiences and manifestations to keep you from loving one another. Remember, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the body of Christ, although there's many members, right? We each have a function in the body of Christ. There's powerful things that the Baptist ministry is doing. There's powerful things that other churches are doing. Um, there's, there's churches here in this city that go and feed the homeless all the time. They're working at soup kitchens, and they're going all over the world and doing missions work and, and everything. They're doing tons of stuff, and yet um, there's divisions amongst the body of Christ in the city of Raleigh, and there should not be. Okay. 
Um, so appeal to the apostles. All those called to the apostolic should not be critical and condemning, but be companions with prophets. Everyone will respond to this movement because it is destined to affect every part of Christendom. So every part, prophets will affect the entire move of God until Jesus Christ comes back. We will affect what happens because we are the speakers. We speak. So the Lord speaks to us and out of our mouth shall flow rivers of, of water. So out of our mouth flows the goodness of God. Amen. All right. The prophetic movement is not designed by God to be, and this is a fill-in for you. The prophetic movement is not designed by God to be an island unto itself. Or to gather everyone under its banner. It is designed to activate God's prophets and apostles in every denomination and Christian group. So I'm going to go back and read that again. The prophetic movement is not designed by God to be an island unto itself or to gather everyone under its own banner. It is designed to activate God's prophets and apostles in every denomination and Christian group. One more time. The prophetic movement is not designed by God to be an island unto itself, you know, your own private group, um, or to gather everyone under its banner. It is designed to activate God's prophets and apostles in every denomination and Christian group. So God wants his prophets in every denomination. Every Christian group, God wants his people there. Because it's his voice. Okay. Do we get that all? All right. Mm -hmm. In every denomination and Christian group. And Christian group. Yep. So whether it's the Women's Aglow or... Um, whether it's, remember the Men's Full Gospel? That was a powerful group. <laughs> um, and they were so open to all the denominations back then. It was powerful. So in every, every Christian group, God wants his people there. God wants his prophets there to speak, to be the, his voice. We're not to be some kind of segregated, some kind of special little group over here in the corner somewhere. We're supposed to be working and activating together as prophetic ministers. Mm-hmm. Um. And is everyone called to be a prophet? No, but everyone's called to prophesy because it's a gift of the Spirit. And so Paul says, earnestly desire to prophesy. Um, so we're to earnestly desire this gift because God wants to use us. He wants, to be, he wants us to be his mouthpiece. Amen? And so we have to hear. We have to hear what he's saying. Um, response to the prophetic ministry is critical. That's your next fill-in. Um, so response to the prophetic is critical. Christians must realize and recognize the seriousness of accepting or rejecting God's prophets. Even God's chosen nation of Israel lost their liberty and went into captivity because the wrong attitude and the wrong response to God's prophets. That's 2 Chronicles 36, 15 through 16. The destiny of individuals and churches and denominations, businesses and nations, and world empires rise and fall according to the word of the Lord. 
And so Dr. Bill Hammond started the prophetic ministry. I want to go all the way back to the 70s. And so he wrote these books, actually, that we're studying now in the 21st century. He wrote these in the 80s. And he's, he's since um, updated these books and, and added to them. Now, back during that time, he was called to raise up prophets. He had a school of the prophets. You can still attend those schools. Um, now they're offered to you online, so you can go online and attend his school. But now he's moved into the realm where he's prophesying to the nations. So when he goes to different countries, he, he prophesies to the leaders of those countries. So as we grow in the prophetic ministry and we mature in that ministry and gift, then God will call us to higher things as we, as we move in this ministry with him. So some in here may have the gift of prophecy, but one day you may be called to step into the office of the, of the prophet. So there's a difference, remember. The office of the prophet is an ascension gift. It comes from God. It's part of the fivefold ministry. Not everyone is called to be a prophet. The gift of prophecy, on the other hand, is given by the Holy Spirit to the church. So it's given to all of us that we all can prophesy. And as you grow in your gifting, there could be a day and time that you step into the mantle of the office of the prophet. Does that make sense? Or teacher or pastor or evangelist. So those are ascension gifts. It's a little different. Okay. Let's see. All right. We must remember Jesus the prophet was rejected. During his earthly ministry, he gave a prophecy that will have its greatest fulfillment during the prophetic and apostolic movements of our generation. He stated, Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute. Jesus prophesied judgment to the religious scribes, Pharisees and hypocrites, because they were continually rejecting and taking away the prophets whom God had established as his key that opens the door to revelation knowledge. Jesus concluded his prophecy with, Woe to you, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who are entering in you hindered. So we need to be very careful when we step in the way of a prophet. It's better to believe the prophet and prosper. It's better when the prophet comes in to believe. Now, will there be false prophets? Yes. Will there be times prophets will miss it? Yes, because we walk in the flesh. We walk in this world, and so there will be times when we speak that we will miss it. Prophets will miss it. And so I, I want to go way back and we, when we talked about the funnel and we talked about the Johnson the grass. Do you remember that? We talked about the Johnson seed grass, and we talked about how much it looks like corn. And so a good farmer, though, can pick out the Johnson seed grass, right? It looks like corn, as tall as corn, but it's not corn. And the farmer can tell that it's not corn. And so we may have those among us that say that they're prophets, but maybe their character is being defined. Maybe the, their follow ground is being broken up. And until that time, they're prophesying out of that funnel. So if, if they've got hurt in their life or they've been wounded in their life, many times they will prophesy out of that funnel. Um, so we need to be careful when God says to break up your follow ground as ministers in the Lord. And I, I, I really charge you with this. So if, if the Lord says to you to break up that follow ground, break it up. Um, do those things necessary so that your funnel is not one of hurt or um, one of a wrong belief system, but that your funnel is, the, is Jesus Christ himself, the hope of glory on the inside of you. And so when I say that, I, I got in a word one time from, from a woman prophet in front of a bunch of people, and she was way off. And so my whole family was leaving the church. 
you know, after this prophecy. And so I had to be the one to go and get my family, bring them back. And I had to tell them she missed it. We know she missed it. It's okay that she missed it. You know, that was her funnel. And I later found out that she had come out of a place of, of abuse by another woman in ministry. And so until she gets that part of her life healed up, she will always speak out of that funnel. So it's important that if we have any hurt, any unforgiveness on the inside of us, that we, we give it to the Lord and allow him to take it away. It's like Isabel said. You know, she, had, she was dealing with a lady, and she didn't like the lady. And every time the lady would come, uh, she was a complainer. And every time she would come, she knew she was going to complain. And she knew she could, couldn't minister to this woman because she didn't like this woman. And nobody else wanted to minister to the woman. So the whole church, she tried giving it to her assistant. She tried giving it to somebody else, and nobody else would minister to this woman. And so how many ever had those kind of people in your life? And so... You don't quite know what to do with them, but, but they still keep coming, you know. So this, the place Isabel was in. And so she knew she had to, okay, Lord. And she's just like, okay. She's like, I got to find something. What can I find that I like about her? And so, so then she started thinking, what, what can I like about her? I like her lipstick. <laughs> I like the color of her lipstick. You remember when she shared that? I like her lipstick. Lord, bless her lipstick. Bless her where she shops for her lipstick, Lord. I bless her, you know. And then as, she, as, she's, as she's ministering to the woman, and the woman's complaining, and she's trying to minister, she's liking her lipstick. And then she looks down at the woman's shoes, and she, oh, the, the, she's got good taste in shoes. And so then she started praying and blessing her shoes. Lord, I bless her shoes, Lord. And so by the time she got done with her own pity party, by the time she got done, she was ministering to the woman, and they're like best friends today. <laughs> so... But we got to look at Jesus, and we've got to see Jesus. So if you're dealing with somebody that's unlikable, and you don't like them, and they get under your skin, and you, you know, you don't want to, don't want to pick up the phone when they call you, don't want to answer the door if they pull in your driveway, you know, we need to find something that we can bless them so that we don't harbor unforgiveness and and hurt in our own life. Because as prophetic ministers, we will prophesy out of that funnel. We will prophesy what's inside of us will flow out of us. And so if there's hurt and woundedness, we sometimes will prophesy that way. We don't mean to, but we will. So look at your neighbor and say, that's not going to be me. Okay. <laughs> yes, not going to be me, Lord. And if it is you, and if you, if, you, if you ever did that, then just send it to the cross. Send it to the cross and allow for the Holy Spirit to come in and forgive you. And that's why we have activations in here. It's why we have personal prophecy in here. It's to build you up. And it's to help to train you so that you can hear. And this is a good place to make mistakes. And so we make mistakes here. And then we pick up and we continue to move on. And we don't hold you in bondage because you made a mistake. Sit down for 10 months. You can't do anything. No. We say, okay, you made a mistake. So we're going to own up to that mistake and we're going to move on from that mistake. Okay. All right. So where was I? Okay. So let's see. Um, desperate. We are in desperate need for heroes of faith. This generation needs leadership. With, Joshua, with the Joshua and Caleb spirit. We need men and women of character who have the anointing of God to prophesy. We must discern the difference between the product and the person. And he gives a powerful analogy in his book, and I'm going to just share that with you. It's not, it's not in your lesson. But he gives a, a powerful analogy of this. Um, and he says, is the product or person the problem? The product can be good and ministered with, proper, with a proper motive, yet still cause blowouts and breakouts. For instance, true prophecy is the breath of God blowing. It's like putting air into an old inner tube. The air does not make the holes or the weak spots. It only reveals them. Isn't that beautiful? 
In the same way, the infilling of the Holy Spirit within a person or pouring in the prophetic ministry puts pressure for the power to perform. At the same time, it will manifest any faulty character or weaknesses in the person's life. It will build up pressure in the steam engine that enables the train to go and for the whistle to blow. Isn't that beautiful? Those are, those are two powerful analogies, you know. So we blow up an inner tube, but the air, the, it, the air didn't make the hole. The air only reveals the hole. Amen. So we, we want to walk with the Joshua and with the Caleb anointing. Amen. We must discern between the product and the person. Um, realize that with the dawn of the prophetic ministry, you cannot put new wine into old wine skin. New truth doesn't make people weird or strange. It only reveals, this is a fill-in in your book, it only reveals those who have had that strange seed resident within them, possibly for years. Um, you know, analogy to utilize, he says here, new truth is like rain falling from heaven. It falls on good seed and it falls on bad seed. So we don't want to put new wine into old wine skin. So again, you know, he's, he's, he's sharing with us that we've got to break up that fallow ground. We've got to get the old out so that the new can be poured in. Amen. There's, there's, there's always a shaking. Did I miss M? Oh, okay. Okay. It only reveals those who have had that strange seed resident within them, possibly for years. Mm -hmm. Strange seed resident within them, possibly for years. You know, so sometimes we we have a way of thinking, you know, and then we find out that our way of thinking is not the right way of thinking. You know, we sometimes we have like ungodly belief systems, you know, um, for me, I was I was raised, um, started going to church in an assembly of God church. And um, well, I was first attended a charismatic renewal in a, in a basement of a Catholic church. But then when I gave my heart to the Lord, was filled with the Holy Spirit, it was in an Assembly of God church. And I was in the Assembly of God church, let me see, 1983 until um, 1989. So I was there for a while in the Assembly of God church. And um, they had some doctrine there that, uh, you know, um, they believed that if you got sick, you know, maybe you had some sin in your life and they, um, you know, the particular one that I went to, a lot of ladies didn't wear makeup. And so I be, just became a product of what I was around. If the flu was going around, I was going to get it. If the cold was going around, I was going to get that too, you know. Um, and so th that was the, my, my mindset. I had no idea about faith. I had, although we studied faith, but it was never taught to live by faith. It was different. And so this one prophet had come in, Reverend Von Gerald. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. But he came in. I was pregnant for my daughter, Tasha. And he came, he came in, and he preached a message on the authority of the believer. And some of you may have already known this testimony. But he preached a message on the authority of the believer that I was on the edge of my seat listening to him preach because I'd never heard a message like that before. I'd never heard that I have authority that Jesus Christ gave me authority. I never heard that, wait a minute, I can put the whole armor of God on and the wiles of the devil can't come and attack me. I mean, I, I heard this message that like, I don't know, I had, I had a come back to Jesus moment because I didn't have that message. But I knew what he was saying. I wanted it. So he, this prophet, had something that I wanted and so I remember leaving the church that night, and I was with my mom, and we were leaving the church, and I was young. I was just a teenager, you know, early 20s, 19, 20, about that age. And so I remember leaving with her, and I remember thinking, huh, 
The Bible says that God's no respecter of persons. So I can have what he has. And I was convinced I could have what he had. I said, I'm, I'm going to get what he's got. <laughs> Told my mom, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I said, I'm not, he, he said, I need to read the epistles. So I'm going to go home and read the epistles because I'm going to learn about this authority that I can have, that he said that I can have because I believe that I can have it. And so we had stopped in where some of the leaders were, and God blessed them because they were in that place of that mindset. And one of them had said, uh, only prophets can walk in that realm. And I thought, oh. And I looked at my mom, and I said, no. I said, that's not correct. I said, that's not correct because Scripture says that um, I can have what he has because God's no respecter of persons. What he has, I can have. And so I left there feeling kind of perturbed a little bit with that in the back of my mind, you know, that, that word that was spoken. I can't have that. And I, and I had already come out thinking I could have that. And so the next day she called me and she said, oh, he's on the radio. And so she gave her the radio station. So I turned the radio station on. I got to listen to Von Gerald again. And so he was preaching the same message. And I was jumping up and down in my living room. I'm pregnant. Jumping up and down in my living room like, oh, I got to have what this man has. So I was on this pursuit of reading the epistles. And I was on this pursuit. I was in Ephesians and I was in Colossians that Jesus Christ spoiled principalities and powers. He went into the depths of hell and he took the keys away from, from Satan. And now he's risen again. And you, that same power that he has, you now have in Christ in you, the hope of glory. I thought, oh, I can have that. And so my husband was on a tour in Korea. And he come home from Korea and says, we're coming to Fort Bragg. North Carolina. And so I remember calling up the 700 Club and asking them about churches in that area because I was determined I was going to get in a church that was like him. I wasn't going to go to a church like I was coming out of because they didn't believe the way I was being stirred inside to believe. And so I attended uh, another church. It gave me three churches, two assemblies and one non-denominational church. So I called all three and the denominational church said to me that they'll come get me if I get lost. I can't find my way. They'll bring the church van and come and get me. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go to that church. <laughs> so I, I went to that church. And there's a story in getting me there, but I'm not going to share that today. But I get to this church. I'm there a couple of weeks, and this couple comes up to me. Now, how many know when you say you want something, you get it, right? When you know it lines up with God's word, you're, God's going to bring it to you. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, then you're going to get that very thing. So this couple comes up to me, and they don't know me. I'm brand new in the church. And they come up to me, and they say, we know you're new in the church, but we have these set of tapes, cassette tapes, and we really believe that the Lord wants you to have them. I said, okay. And they handed me four cassette series tape from Kenneth Hagin on the authority of the believer. I bawled. I mean, I lost it right then. I started to cry. And I took those. I, I was like a gold mine, you know. It was like the best present Kimberly could have ever gotten. And I, I was like a gold mine. I thought, oh, my gosh. And I went home, and I began to listen to the authority of the believer. So when a prophet speaks, a prophet will activate. When the truth comes forth out of a true man or woman of God, it will activate you. Change will happen. Somewhere you'll grab a hold of it, and you'll say, that's for me. And then you take that. And so I took that. That's for me. I'm going to have that authority. I'm going to have what God says. And it's not a haughty spirit, but it's knowing who I am in Christ. It's knowing that my voice matters in the kingdom of God because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of me. And I can speak what he wants me to speak. So I took all four of those cassette tapes and I had to put it in the cassette player. I let three words play, stop it, and then write it down. And then I listened to few more words and write down. So I had all of those tapes on paper. So now they're on paper. And so I began in my devotional time reading those notes and going to the scripture and reading the scripture. And all of a sudden, 
I had authority. And I needed it because there was a trial coming up in my life shortly thereafter that if I didn't have that word in me, where would this ship be? And so I thought to myself, Lord, and I'll call my mom, and she was still in that church, and I would call her, and I'd say, Mom, I'd say, I got a whole new Jesus. And I would tell her, you know, we had no cell phones back in those days, you know. So I would write her, or I'd call her, and I'd say, I got a whole new Jesus. I said, you don't know this Jesus, but I know him, and you need to come down here so I can help you, I can teach you, I can show you, Mom, because there's a better way, there's an authority that God wants his people to walk in. There's gifts of the Spirit that God wants his people to have. There's things that God has, and there's the prophet is beginning to speak. So when a prophet speaks, he activates. Truth comes out. Um, character begins to change. You're activated into the greatness that God has called you to be activated in. Amen? That was a long time ago, and I, I still have those Bible studies. I still have them, and I, my writing was far better back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> so I still have those studies, and every once in a while, I will pull them out and remind myself of the goodness of God. But it started with a hunger. It started with me breaking up my follow ground. I love that church. I go back, and I visit my friends back in that area. They, they instilled in me the goodness of God. I just had the wrong belief system. And when the prophet came and brought that message to me, it changed me forever. And that's what prophets do. When prophets come in and give a word and it's from God, it'll activate you into the greatness of God. Amen. All right. So I think we're going to be closing up. I think there's three more things to say, right? The prophets prepare the way for Christ to return and put Satan in a bottomless pit. This movement has a greater potential for good or evil than any other previous movement in the church. Um, this movement is the most ominous sign to the devil that his eternal doom is now at hand. So every time we speak, every time we speak of the goodness of God and we begin to prophesy, it literally sets the enemy running. So he, he wants to come in with confusion. He wants to come in and try to rattle you. He wants to come in and do those things. But God is faithful to watch over his word to perform it in your life. If you've gotten a word from him, take it off the shelf. It doesn't belong on the shelf. You know, get it off. Go home and get it off. Do something. Go back. Go back and, and re-listen again. Go back and reread again. Dust it off and begin to stand on the word of God because God's word will never fail. It will always come to pass in your life. But we have to break up our follow ground, and we have to allow God to come in and do that supernatural work on the inside of us um, so that we can stand in the character that God wants us to stand in. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, this book has been good. All right, so I got a little bit preachy today, didn't I? So it's 20 minutes after 3. <laughs> so um, it's, we got 10 minutes. So can I do another activation? I would like to. All right, so um, and I'm just going to pull you. I'm going to tell you who I want. I want Pastor Lorraine to come on up. I want Norman to come. I want Sue to come. Um, let's see, I want Clara to come. Um, I want Cortina to come. Okay. And let's see. And I want Ron to come. All right, how many, how many did I just call out? One, how many did I call out? One, two, three, four, five, six, six. Uh, let's see. Six. All right. Six. I want Price to come back too. Come on, Price. Seven. All right. Okay. Now I want you to come down here and look at Jesus. <laughs> come on down. Make a line down. Look, doesn't he look happy? Don't you love that picture? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, you don't want to do it? Why aren't you ready? 
Can you pick me out somebody? You pick me out somebody. Do you want to come out? In my place. Yeah. Do you want to come? Who do you want? Oh, my mom. Mom, come and take her place. Okay. All right. Cortina, move down just a little bit, but down to the piano. Follow down. Move down. Mom, you're taking Clara's place. It's okay. And you stand right here. Oh, you want a chair? Do you want a chair? Yeah, yeah, get her a chair. Get, get her a chair. She's going to get a chair. No, uh, Nate. Nate's going to get it. All right. So look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the great prophet. He is the spirit of prophecy. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now don't turn around, guys. Keep looking at Jesus. All right, so. You could have. All right, stretch your hands toward them. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the gift of prophecy. Father, I thank you for the impartation, Lord, of revelation that's going to come right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, God, that you are the spirit of prophecy. Thank you for the anointing, God, that breaks every yoke. We thank you for the life-giving words that activate in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I need one more person. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. A word in season, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you for confirmation with words, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. So I'm going to come and stand in front of you guys, and you tell me who's ready first. Who's ready? Lord Jesus, pray. Set your hands back toward them. <laughs> Father, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the gift of prophecy, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Are you ready? Okay.
I see you digging, like digging into the ground, into a mine, where as you apply yourself, as you study to be improved, you are acquiring great gold, great energy. And secondly, I see a rocket taking off that this mining that you are doing becomes the fuel that will project you into the orbit that God has for you. So do not be afraid. Do not doubt, but look to your Lord, for he is leading you to the propellant that will bring you into all that he has for you to be and to do. Are you ready? Okay, I see a closed door. And I believe the Lord is saying, open the door. Open the door for me. There's a past hurt hiding behind that door. Let me apply the balm of Gilead, the Lord says. I have I have everything you, that you need to get this resolved. Just let me in. Are you ready, Cortina? I feel the Lord is saying to open up your eyes. Open up your spiritual eyes to see the bigger picture because what you're looking at, what you're seeing is too narrow. God is greater, he's bigger, and he wants to do greater in your life. Pastor Lorraine? Um, the first word I got is that um, there is a, um, a shifting um, happening in your life, and there are alignments that um, are being corrected and alignments that are being set in place. Um, it's like you've been uh, inquiring of the Lord and asking him, and he's about to bring the shift and the alignments in your life to bring you to that place that he wants you to be in this season of your life. What he, what he brought to my mind is, as you walk in this, uh, as you walk into this life, and as you go on your journey, you feel like you're walking on thin ice, but you're not. When you feel like you're walking on thin ice, that's when I am the closest. I will hold you up and I'll always be with you and give you strength. Do not worry when things come in a way that you, you didn't expect, because I'm in the background, I'm in the foreground, and I'm all around, and I'll always be with you, and never feel like you're going to fall through or. Or, or disappoint me because you never can because I'm holding you up and it, it, the ice might seem thin to you but I guarantee you it's so thick you'll never fall through just keep walking and uh, keep your eyes on me I um, am seeing a picture through your eyes um, you're in a nice comfortable rowboat with pillows all around and you're out on this real calm lake and you've got your favorite praise music going and you kind of like go into a dream and the first thing you see is like a desert or maybe uh, at the beach 
with the ocean behind you, but you see the dry sand dunes out there, just tracks of sand, tracks of sand. And then the, the scene pans to the right, and I see different mountain ranges. I see um, Rocky Mountain ranges. I see the Smoky Mountain, the beautiful Smoky Mountain uh, uh, mountain range we have in North Carolina. I see snow-capped mountains. And then the scene pans more, and I see orchards with all different kinds of lush fruit. And then the scene continues to pan around, and I see uh, fields that are ripe for the harvest, um, cotton fields with the cotton blooms, and it's just like white cotton fields. And, and I see tobacco fields, and I see that are ripe for, for the picking, and, and I see cucumber fields. And then, and then I see just acres and acres of wheat. And um, the interpretation is that Lord is bringing you through all different kinds of seasons. Sometimes it may be dry. Sometimes it may be lush. Um, all kinds of fruitfulness. Um, all kinds of situations when you can harvest. I don't know if you ever tried to pick cotton, but it is real hard to pick cotton because it's got these spines and stickers. And, and tobacco is really messy when you harvest it. And cucumbers, you got to bend down. Sometimes you don't know if there's a snake up under that leaf. And then... The, and then there's the fields of wheat that are just waving in the breeze. And, and I think God's bringing you through all these seasons. But the end result is harvest, 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 harvest. No, ma no matter where that seems hard or easy, you're still going to harvest. That's your destiny, harvest. Let me say that another way. It's time to harvest. <laughs> it's harvest time. The Lord says that you are precious to him, and he's got some things for you to do. Let love be your motivation. Always trust him. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Walk in joy. You'll, you're going to experience some things that you haven't experienced yet, but God says it's a good thing to do. He's got so much ahead of you. Rejoice in him. Amen. Okay, before you turn around, <clears throat> I just got to say that um, while they were prophesying and while I was looking at this group of people, I saw like an explosion go off. So I would just say to you that there's getting ready to be some explosive things getting ready to happen in each individual life that's standing back here. So I would say to be ready for that. Be ready to step into the newness that God has for you. Okay, you can turn around. <laughs> Give him a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, you can stay up here. We're going to close. So you want to come up and join us? Yeah, we're going to close. I'm going to ask Pastor Lorraine to close us up in service. Don't forget to sign up for your book um, starting next year. And get with me after class if you want to bring a dish to pass for our celebration in December.
Thank you, Lord God. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for um, this season, Lord, where we've had the opportunity to just look at this book. And as we draw to the end of it, Lord, it's almost like, you know, we need to go back and review things that we've learned. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to just bring those things to our remembrance. You know, let this be one of the things that, as Pastor Kimberly says, we go back and we research it. And we understand even more the role of the prophetic in this time, in this season. We thank you for the prophetic voices that are out there. We thank you for the the prophetic ministry that is among us today, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the hunger and thirst after you. Lord, I ask that you bless each person, each household represented here today. And God, that you would make us more effective in that which you called each of us to do. Lord, explode, as she said, on the inside of all of us, Lord. Give us your word, Lord God. Let us be like Ezra, Lord, that we seek after your word, Lord God, that we know your word and we speak your word, your truth, Lord God, that brings change to the lives of those that we touch. Father, we bless you. We ask you to bless Pastor Kimberly, Lord, even as she prepares for us to go into the new year. And again, just bless each household represented here. In Jesus' name, amen. Get with me if you can bring a dish to share um, on the 17th of December.